0: Welcome to Dance to Heal. I'm your host, Jenny C. Cohen. Join me as I share stories of how dance and movement can bring healing in a way that is safe and tailored to your life. I'm a cancer survivor, mother of two, and an award-winning performer who found that movement was vital to my recovery. I created Dance to Heal Wellness and also authored the best-selling book, Outside in Recovery, Dancing My Way Back to Myself After Breast Cancer. I will bring new techniques to help you on your dance journey and healing path. Are you ready to move? Dance to Heal starts now. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome. Episode five. Five? How did the time go by so fast? Ah. Anyways, today's topic is talking about how wonderful dance is, but also you get to meet Boba Kitty. (laughs) No, really. The topic is about talking about How even though dance is wondrous and wonderful, there are times when the aesthetic achievement can, Bobo agrees, when the aesthetic achievement of it can veer more towards harmful and hurtful. Because sometimes when we train to a certain level, we actually have to stop listening to our bodies in order to achieve these man. Made perceptions their perfection. Yep. When my kids were very young, they explored all kinds of uh, elite sports. Um, they did uh, baton twirling, which did you know? No, I'm sure you did not know that it is an elite sport. They train for many, many years. And there are college scholarships offered. And when my kids were homeschooled, I had this grand scheme of having them be twins, getting double scholarships in college. And then I decided to enroll them in rhythmic gymnastics, which has all the training of the lines with apparatus work to improve their baton twirling. And my kids ended up falling in love with rhythmic gymnastics, giving a baton twirling and wanting to do the Olympics. We had a coach that, that, Planted these seeds. You can do the Olympics. I don't know where we were going to get the money from to fund their Olympic dreams. Plus, the fact that a lot of the coaches in the field here in the States and also the judges who were mostly from Europe saw in my children that they were uh, late comers, late bloomers, also the, the completely wrong proportions. And they were told to their face, my kids were six and seven. They were told they were too old, the wrong body type. And can you believe it? They were told they were overweight. They were sick. Anywho, but they fell in love with the sport. So they tried very, very hard. They even went to Lake Plastic Olympic Training Center. Um, they, They qualified for future stars. It was all out of pocket. We were lucky. We were homeschooling. So they were able to balance that extra training they needed to catch up. I don't even know what that means, but they were told they had to catch up. Here's the thing. At a very young age, my children and other elite athletes are taught, you must ignore your body's pain, trust in an outer source, like a coach who says you're not working hard enough and keep going. I think they're changing that philosophy now, but in the past, that's what happens. And I wanted to address this in this particular episode because sometimes you may want to do something and you get so passionate about it and it may be movement oriented it's very important you still acknowledge all of the messages that your body is giving you please let's not wait until your body's screaming before you hear it our bodies are always giving us feedback whispering to us hey, that feels really good. Please stop, start, keep doing that. I have to ignore my body saying it wants more carbs. It whispers that a lot to me, especially after menopause from chemotherapy. But a lot of times, sometimes I do indulge it because I'm a cancer survivor. I get to eat my carbs. It makes me happy. (laughs) However, sometimes um, when I'm doing a lot of dance classes, uh, I have to pay attention when my body says, It's enough. You need to stop. I've given you everything you wanted. Now you need to rest, hydrate, please, and get sleep, ice, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I was in a car accident in April. We were rear-ended by someone who had um, a lot of liquor and he was driving a motorcycle and he rear-ended my car while we were standing still. I was in the passenger seat and because I already had arthritis in my back and neck, it completely threw me out of whack. And I haven't really been able to do a lot of hardcore working out. I've had to listen to my body very, very much, because in the past, I would push through the pain. And I was told by my doctors, "You can't do that. You cannot do that because it will make it worse. I even have a very good friend named Brandy who she is a woman-owned a Black woman-owned company called Diva Dreads. And she said to me, don't you dare ignore what the doctors say because she's dealing with health issues from car accident uh, years ago that was never addressed by her medical insurance. So anyways, but I'm better now and um, slowly getting stronger and training more. And still I have to listen to my back um, and my neck. This morning, I taught two classes. And as I sit here, having a conversation with you and about to introduce my my special guest today, I'm icing my lower back and being very, very careful to say to myself, all right, Jenny, you know, as you go into demonstration with your special guest, you need to calm down. Let him do most of the movement. (laughs) You have done enough for today. You've taught two full classes and now you need to allow him to demonstrate. So speaking of him, This special guest is someone that, of course, I know personally, and I really want the world to meet. He has a special story, but he also comes from this world that I was sharing with you before. These elite athletes that started training at a young age and had to learn to ignore when they didn't want to do it. I mean, like, literally, I can tell you as a mom and also I coached at one point the team. Oh, it's almost border on like abuse now. But back then, you know, they, they would be summer in the summer running the parks with weights on their ankles. Please don't do that now. It's not good for you. Your body doesn't feel it or recovers now. Or you will feel the effects of it later. Our bodies are built to give us whatever we want, and it will ignore itself to the point of hurting itself. Okay, anyway, so back to introduction of my special guest. Before I say anything about it, I'm going to ask our wondrous Jacob to play a video of Daniel Ray Cohen's um, dancing. I know Boba loved it too. Uh, It's not just because I'm his mom, but literally he does make me cry when I watch him perform. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my special guest, Daniel Ray Cohen. Daniel is a ballet student at the University of Utah. He's transgender, biracial, and he lives with an incurable invisible disability. He strives to create a more inclusive world through his art in journey and dance. And he is forever grateful for the privilege to dance every day and have a family that supports him along the way. You're welcome, son. <laughs> Please welcome Daniel Cohen. Hey, Dan. Hi. I never called him Danny before. Daniel. Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mom. Daniel. <laughs> so listen, if you could explain to our wonderful audiences tuning in, could you explain to them why do you like to dance? I mean, like, really, what is it about? Cause we let's, let's be clear, right. Daniel insisted on going right into ballet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I recovered from surgery, I was like, I'm going to do ballet now. Um, There's just, dance is when done in a present manner, it can be very healing and it's a way to connect with your body And it's just when I'm dancing and really dancing for me, because I love dancing and not doing it for anyone else, it's, it's just, it's empowering. It's like the closest I get to feeling free of all the things I have to deal with. Well, they're still with me, but it's very much like acknowledging that and acknowledging myself and my identity and like the other energies in the room, but it's just a very, when present, it's, a, it's an amazing experience and I want to be able to do that in all of my dancing, which I'm working towards currently.
0: Yes, yes. And um, if you don't mind sharing, if you could tell people kind of um, physically what you struggle with to make everything look so easy, but kind of behind, like the give that you see behind the scenes of what you deal with. Oh, you mean like all my type one stuff (laughs) that and also physically you know because we i mean audience we have to bring danny to cairo and and other things that i do i want to leave him up up to danny to share with you
1: yeah so i have because i did train in rhythmic gymnastics did all this crazy stuff when i was younger i have a lot of old injuries that will get inflamed in the training i'm pursuing currently like both of my knees I have tendinitis in my patella tending, and mostly my right knee, but my left knee a little bit as well from overstretching it. When I was younger, the same thing, one of my hips is overstretched and my ribs are a little bit unstable from doing crazy contortion stuff. Um, So it's it's very hard from day to day if I, because I want to train all the time and go really hard. But if I do, then my injuries will be inflamed. And if I keep pushing it, then I'll have to take more days off or I won't be able to dance because it's very painful. And the other thing that's very interesting is emotionally, if I'm not in a good place, my injuries will act up as well. So it's very much a physical and emotional balance of listening when I need to stop or I need to take a break. Cause most of the time, if I do, I'm like, oh, my knees are kind of hurting today. I'm just gonna do bar or I'm just gonna take it easy and really make sure I'm not gripping anything. Then the next day I'm perfectly fine. But if I don't listen to myself, then I'm out for a week. Or I could be out for a week because I just keep trying to push. And then I have um a pretty hard wall with my type 1 diabetes, which is a 24-7 management that I always have to be on top of. And there's only so much I can do before my levels are unstable that I really can't do anything I have to sit out. And that's just, it's devastating for me, but it's also very important because I want to enjoy every time I dance. And if I'm in pain or if my levels aren't good, I really won't enjoy it but it's just really acknowledging the emotions as they come up and then even putting that into my dancing and being like okay i don't really feel well right now but i can still do these moves and the dancing kind of being present and putting that into the movement adds to it because it's it's not me faking pretending i'm
0: okay when i'm dancing. I love those words. Don't f- where i come from the old school fake it till you make it. And yes that applies if you've already rested and strengthened safely and prepared properly. Uh, I love that Danny is advocating, not faking that you're okay when you're really not okay. Don't push through when your body's oftentimes speaking loudly to you. You know, um, I had a, you love Donna Mejia. Donna Mejia is, um, a uh, professor, and I think she's now, yeah, no, she is now in charge of the graduate program at uh, Boulder, CU Boulder. And she was one of the first people I met in 2008 or nine, who really was the first person to explain to us about the the relationship between your body and you, Your that your body is a sentient being. And it literally... Will harm itself giving you what you want, and so it's important when it whispers and says, "Hey, I, I can't give you what you want." Not to push beyond that. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah, exactly. Because right. it's really and through the training, as you said before, Mom, I we you disconnect a lot of the natural algorithms that your body is telling you. And I mean, this is something my mom told me when I was training, and things I hear from the the really good professors at the university, but they always tell me in class, trust your body. It knows what to do. Just just listen to it because it will really, it will give you the things you need. And even if it doesn't, it take, it might take a little bit of time, but it will go really fast. My mom always tells me fast is slow and slow is fast. And it's true. Just like take it moment by moment. If there's a goal that you're trying to achieve or anything else, it's very much just staying present and just giving your body time to learn it and feel safe. Because there's also um, being uncomfortable isn't a bad thing as long as it's a safe uncomfortableness. If it's an unsafe uncomfortableness, then it's just leaning more towards ignoring your body telling you it's not safe to do this at this moment. Versus saying, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable and weird, this new movement, it feels a little bit awkward, but we can build strength and it's safe to try. That's another thing I've injured myself in the past when I'm like, you know, I don't feel safe right now, but I really need to just hit this skill and I go for it. And then something goes crazy because I didn't listen to my body. Um, And then the other thing with me that I struggle with is because I'm trans and training in more of a binary art form. it's getting better, it's getting much better in terms of breaking the binary. But I'm always wondering, what if I'm not looking like the other men, like I don't look correct, like my proportions aren't correct, my techniques not correct, I can't hit as many turns. And I focus on all of these technicalities when everybody looks different in the room. And this is a theme throughout dance and through life, but you don't want to compare yourself to anybody else, even though a lot of times culturally a dance is very much like, oh, we all want to look like this perfection. But it's really you can be inspired by other people, but translate it onto your own body. And it might not work on your own body because everybody's body is different. And there's also in terms of like just your ability level or the type of body you were born with, whatever it looks like emotionally transferring into your body and physically it could be completely different. So it's just really important to find it in yourself and then it always looks great, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Boba is, is emphatically agreeing with Danny by slamming everything to the floor in my space right now. So what we're going to do audience is talking is not the same as doing and demonstrating. Uh, there's a bar behind Danny right now. We're going to talk about, you know, I love ballet. It just hurts my body. It really does. I mean, I really work on turnout. I've taught it many times. How do we still incorporate the strengthening, the lines aspect of something like ballet in a safe manner? Because not very rare do people really have that 180 degree turnout in their hips. We just don't. It's not normal. And what happens is when we force it, you're torquing your knees, you're twerking and injuring parts of your ankles, and so we're going to, um, what we're going to do is while I'm continuing to talk about this, Danny starts setting up the studio real quick, and then once he's got the studio set up and ready, he's going to start he's going to start talking to you about proper alignment. While I run down the stairs to join him in the in the downstairs studio, you ready, Danny? Yes. All right
1: okay so the first thing about alignment and what a lot of people will see in ballet is this very like upright pose of like regal royalty and stuff like that but it's very much for me and what I found is it's connected to being present and taking your space in the room and just feeling like you're worthy in this space. And this is something that comes from del Sartre technique, which I've taken a couple classes on. But what you want to do is you want to relax the back of your neck, maybe gently stretch your head forward. I'll turn to the side, just so you feel really gentle relaxation. Don't hang on your head, but just feel the muscles lengthening in the back of your neck. And then turn your head a little bit to the right and lengthen the left side of your neck just let it relax and you can also massage it out a little bit and then you want to turn your head to the other side and do the same thing maybe massage out just the muscles I hold a lot of stress in my shoulder area but you just want to lengthen the back and then when you stand up straight you want to feel that the back of your neck is has this great energy that's in the back of your head and kind of extending towards the sky you don't want to Torture your neck you just want it to be very upright on in alignment with your shoulders and you want to feel length in the very back the two muscles that go along here well there's there's many muscles that go along here and if you look at yourself in the mirror or just look at someone else and they activate this energy you'll see that they're lifted up and your attention goes to them because they're really allowing their body to take up the space and be worthy or feeling worthy of the space which is something i struggle with class sometimes I melt into myself a little bit but you really want to just give yourself permission to be in the space and that's another thing that helps keep yourself present and then the next thing you probably see is turnout but before you even go into any turnout you want to establish it with your feet in parallel what's really important is that your knees always stay over your second toe and third toes you don't want them to go to you don't want them to bow, and you don't want them to go too much out to the side you want them to stay in alignment under your hips wherever your hips are you want to make sure your toes are spread out on the ground and what you're going to do is activate the muscle, like feel your your muscles lengthening from below your legs and almost wrapping in this direction, like it's spiraling up to the sky is the imagery you want to think of. So these muscles are wrapping around and spiraling towards the sky, and so are these muscles. Your adductors are spiraling this way, but you don't want to grip. You don't want to grip your muscles because that will just cause tension to your ligaments and stress on your tendons and all that stuff. So you really want to think of lengthening, then your hips. You want them to be square and you want to think of that lengthening towards your ribs but you want to relax your shoulders so you don't want to keep going too high and ascend into the sky you want to relax up here and you can shake your arms out and just feel yourself lengthening and the activation of your muscles in here and then you'll see that the alignment because if I relax it's like this but if I lengthen and pull up then there's strength and stability. So then when you turn out, and it's okay no matter what degree you have, you might want to close your eyes and just put one leg in turn out and then put the other leg in turn out, speak up. And then you want to look down and make sure, like, so my turnout isn't actually that much, but you can build more um, when you get to, and you just really always want to make sure your knees are over your toes and you're going to find the same activation. You can think of the inside muscles of your legs squeezing together, and pulling up towards the sky, it's always lengthening, but you want to try to relax and not grip your muscles at the same time. So now that you're feeling that activation, I'll turn to the side. We're going to just do one demi-plie so it goes halfway down, not halfway down, just as much as you can bend your knees without any pain. You want to think of your knees just going to the side and your head is going to the ceiling and then your shoulders are relaxing. And the one thing, another thing that's very important is your pelvis alignment. You don't want to tuck and try to make your butt disappear. It's very important, it needs to be there. And you don't want to overdo it either. Like sometimes I will have a sway back and I have to be very careful. So you want to think of your lower abs being engaged gently and the back, your lower back being lengthened and not crunched at all. And then your, your pelvis will be in a neutral position. So you don't want to overcorrect in either direction. And then you want to maintain that when you do a plie and your legs, you just try to have your knees go to the side and make sure they're going over your toes. And then you, when you go back up, you think of your knees coming back together and everything lengthening and keeping the spirals this way.
0: Isn't that cool? Yeah. Sorry, I like it when he instructs. So um, we're we're just about running out of time, you guys. Um, Danny, can you just give them another... It, it, advice on how to maintain all that while doing that alignment while we're moving in space.
1: Okay, yes. Yeah, so it's very much... Um, it. Like, Let's say if you're going to go on one leg... Because it, 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 it takes... If you put your mind and you just think about it and you, you tell your body, okay, I'm going to work on doing this. I'm going to think about these things. Your body will eventually learn how to do it. It will take a little bit of time. But don't stress out and be like, oh my God, I have to do all this position. Immediately, it's going to take some time and just feeling to feel comfortable and then just the biggest thing is be careful not to grip, like don't tense up and try to do anything from a place of tension, you want to do it from a place of movement um, and really relax when you can and make it as efficient as possible for tracking. But um, in terms of technique, keeping it while you're doing other dance movements or when you're moving faster, it's really just... It will transfer into the harder things you do if you focus on some of the basics, even simple plies or simple tendus. It will show up in all of your other technique, and a lot of it is inspired or influenced by other dance styles and technique. It all overlaps. It all overcrosses. crosses. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ballet is not, even though in Western cult, it's very much this, oh, it's the most elite form of dance. It's the foundation of everything. It is not if you are like a prima ballerina you are not gonna be able to do any type of street styles <laughs> at all
0: unless they train it. unless they train in it if
1: you train in both and you'll find for me i just took one audition um with professor larry southall at cu boulder and he was just teaching the basics of street sound, like how your pelvis needs to be towards the ground and then from that i was like oh it's just like plie that's yeah. what I'm not doing what I'm
0: I doing. I had to cut him meetings. off. We're out of time, yeah. you guys. Danny's going to have to come back, okay? So listen, we're going to freestyle out to Kapua's new song, In Motion, and then I hope to see you again next, next week, in uh, two weeks. I right, we go. listening to Dance to Heal with Jenny C. Cohen. Come back next time to hear stories of recovery through movement and learn more ways that you can move your body. To work with me and continue your journey, visit OutsideInRecovery.com. Are you ready to move?